everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being for busy working moms and women in business and beyond who are seeking to unplug from their worries and overwhelm to light up with insight and joy. I, your host, mum, and effortless lifestyle coach, Marina Pearson, talk to transformational professionals, business owners, and creatives about what it really takes to have a business and life you can truly enjoy. And remember, you can find me on Instagram at Marina Pearson or my Facebook group, The Joy of Being. And if you'd like a more personalized touch to live a stress-free life, then why not find out more about The Joy of Being Retreat, an intimate four-day profound experience at a luxury venue in Javier, Spain, where you get to experience your inner calm and peace of mind by slowing down and making space. To find out more, email me at marina marinapearson.com with Joy of Being Retreat in the title. And today I get to interview Sam Barefoot. Sam is the Instagram queen and she is an amazing business mentor for businesses that want to thrive online. To give you an example, within a month of launching her podcast, uh, she was already being aired to the UK health radio audience and was in the top 10 in iTunes by three months. And by six months, she was racking up 30,000 downloads a month from her podcast show. She's now been, it's now been three years and she has half a million downloads and is proud to say that she is the UK health radio audio trainer for new presenters. But we're not going to be talking about any of that. Today's episode is really about getting real about the challenges that we we can come across being a mum, especially a mum in business. And this conversation came about because I was working with Sam and we were talking about the challenges of motherhood. And I really wanted to actually have a real more conversation about the things that are difficult. Often we can get we can often see spray painted versions of lives on Facebook and on Instagram, how wonderful everything is and how joyful motherhood is. And often then go crap. Like, why am I so upset? Why am I struggling? You know, is there anybody out there that's going through the same thing? And the answer is yes, but maybe we're just not talking about it. Maybe we're just not sharing those moments with other people, which is why I wanted to bring this particular conversation to the forefront of this episode. And, you know, if you are the type of mum who gets distracted, she's going to go make herself a cup of tea and you've picked up everything along the way and then you get to the kitchen, you can't remember what you went there for, or you other time of mum to leave your tea bag in half drunken teas all around the house um or other type of mum who can't remember the last time you actually wore anything but your yoga pants and a baggy top then this episode is going to be a great one for you so enjoy so welcome sam i'm super excited to have you here and as i already mentioned in the intro Sam and I ended up having a conversation about how it was for her once when she had her first, well, she had her child. And um, as Sam is a pretty much go-getter businesswoman, um, and you know, you would think, right, that like us go-getting businesswomen have it all sorted. <laughs> but in actual fact, a little one comes along, it kind of looks slightly different. So I <laughs> wanted to talk about the mess of what that might look like, because I think often we can think that everybody else has got it sorted and sharing people's stories around difficulty us of, of being human because we are human beings um is just as valid and important as it is to talk about how somebody is you know enjoying their life so welcome sam uh it's just such a pleasure to have you here today Hello, darling. How are you? I'm pleased to be here. I don't very often do podcasts. Um, I think that's probably because I had my own podcast like years ago, and I think I've all podcasted myself out. So <laughs> it well, is really nice to get and speak to someone every now and then. I'm really, truly honoured to have you here because of that, actually. And so where to start? Well, I guess let's start with... Well, let's just go into the conversation, really, about... Let's just go for it. I'll yeah. <laughs> so when you, when you... So you told me that you weren't actually wanting to have children. So kind of let's just start there. Start there. Okay. So pretty much my whole life, I've 
you can ask my friends, my family. I've always said, I don't want children. I, I've never, you know, I'm one of these women that would walk into the room and there'd be a room full of children. And that is my idea of hell. Um, you know, I, I, I was one of those women that if you passed me about, you know, you know, you're there. Oh, can you just hold the baby while I go and do like go for a wee or whatever? <laughs> and I'd be like, oh yeah. my god, you know. And I'd have that face, and I'd sort of hold them outstretched, and I would have absolutely no idea what to do with this small person. And if they cried, oh my lord, like I was, like, oh my god, uh, you know. And I was just that kind of person, and I've always said I'd never wanted children. Um, and, and that, that, you know, that certainly went all the way in to um, mid-30s. And then I had some health issues, which uh, ended up I had to go into hospital and have some, um, uh, some surgery. But they then actually said to me, well, um, if you can't have children, the only way that you, you'd be able to have children potentially is uh, via IVF. So, and that kind of swing, that kind of changes perspective quite a lot because when you have the choice of not you know your choice of not having children and then someone saying to you you can't have them that's a totally different you know that's a totally different thing and I was like oh that's a bit odd and at the time I was still working in my health business and it was all around health and you know what the doctor said we can and can't do our human bodies can and can't do and I thought that's not right that can't be right um and I, I, I suppose I set out to prove them wrong because they were saying that, you know, my ovaries weren't working. And I was like, no, but they are. They, they, they might be a bit cranky, but they are working. So seven months after the uh, surgery, I peed on a stick and, and had the fright of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, in one sense, you know, the stubborn woman in me proved them wrong. Um, and, and I do have a funny story about that because I saw my surgeon in the anti, like the, 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 the maternity ward, and like there's me waddling along like you know a pregnant woman does. And she looked, you know, when someone looks at you and they can tell that they know your face. And, and I was like, "You said I couldn't do this," and she went, "Yeah," and just walked past. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it kind of. Um, yeah, my mid-30s was interesting because I'd spent, obviously, a lot of time um, building businesses and, and, you know, gallivanting all over London and doing loads and loads of things and multitasking my way to, you know, the things I wanted. And then, boom, you get pregnant <laughs> and everything changes. So... When you say everything changes, what does that mean to you? Because obviously um, it seems to me from what I'm hearing that you are a very independent young lady who had it all figured out, you know, yeah. where you were going, what you were up to. And suddenly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I was for, for the majority of, I mean, I've been running a business since 2006 so I'm like an old timer. I've been around for a long, long time. Um, but I was also doing that while still having, in some cases, a full-time employed job while I was building my business up. And then as, as time went by, that went to a part-time job. So I was, you know, I was able to go in, do some work in the morning for my employer. Then I'd hop over to the other side of London and I'd run my clinic. And then I'd be gallivanting and doing whatever I needed to do. So do some networking, some recording from my show, because I ended up being radio presenter too. Um, you know, and it didn't matter what time I got up in the morning and left the house and it didn't matter what time I got home. But with a small person about to enter the world, those things matter. Um, and you have to start thinking, okay, like how can I do all of this with a small person, um, you know, to, to care for? So it was a complete um yeah mind crash <laughs> um but you know it, it resulted in I, I took quite a lot of time out I found I found motherhood really really hard the first definitely the first year um like really hard and I think I remember saying to you when we spoke um the other day 
I was really angry for quite a while. <clears throat> so why were you so angry? Mm. I was angry um, because although I was aware, I was never naive to the fact that motherhood was hard. Like I was never naive to that. I, you know, I'd always took my hat off to every mum that I'd met, especially one that was running a business and had children. And I knew that. But no one prepares you for all the other crap that goes with it and no one prepares you for just how hard it is so it's almost like you sugarcoat the whole the word hard like oh we know it's hard you know we know it's hard but no one actually kind of went into the depths of just how hard it was being and how um for me someone who like you say was quite driven knew what I wanted knew where I was going had what felt like had all my choices taken away from me I could no longer get up at what time I wanted to and go out. I could never, you know, spend 12 hours in the city. I couldn't do that. I couldn't come home at what time I wanted to. Hell, I couldn't even make a phone call (laughs) when I wanted to. Um, You know, it was just some of the most simplistic things that, you know, one of the, and this is, this one's kind of, um, really it will always stick in my mind and um, one of my friends said to me but what's one of the things that you really dislike what do you miss because I was saying I really miss this and I really miss that and she was like, well, like what and she couldn't understand and at the time she didn't have a baby she does now now she acts now she gets it um but she's like like what and I said like this is the most simplest time that I can give you I spent a lot of time in my car you know, traveling around and doing things. And I absolutely, one of the reasons I learned how to drive is so that I could listen to music in my car. It's one of my things. I enjoy music. I love music. I still do now. Always have done. I was the kind of kid that did my studies and GCSE studies. And that goes to show how old I am because we don't have those anymore um, with music on, you know, that kind of thing. And the simplistic thing of, I can, and even now, I still can't do it now. The simplistic thing is I can't have my music blaring at a level that I would enjoy because I have a small person in the car. Like, can, you and, and, ear, can you not put those ear things on them? Well, I, like, honestly, it was, you know, and she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I, I cannot tell you how much I miss that. Like, just that, just one really simple, it's totally simple, right? It's not even that hard. Um, really, really simple thing that you just can't do with a baby in touch. Like, like I say, I still can't do it now. If he's in the car, there's no way I would have my music at a level that potentially would be too loud for him. Um, but it just, I was just so angry with everyone. I was like, and, and mothers that I knew, I was like, why didn't you tell me about this? Like, why does nobody talk about this? You know, why does nobody talk about this? And <clears throat> no one could really answer me. And it's sort of like, well, we just kind of assumed. And I'm like, no, I didn't assume. <laughs> it was hard. It was really tough. Yeah, I really hear you. I mean, I remember a friend of mine, um, when I when I had, I don't know what it must have been, like three months in, four months in, and I was just crying because I was just so yeah. tired. Yeah. And, and I said, why didn't you tell me? And she goes, I kind of did tell you. Yeah. I kind of did tell you that it was going to be hard but I don't think you're ready to actually listen or you actually yeah. know. And I see that now. I see that actually people possibly do tell you, but because you don't have any comprehension of actually what they're saying until you become a mother, it's almost like they haven't told you. Yeah. But I didn't see that. I mean, obviously my son's, you know, over three now, um, but I certainly didn't see that at that point. I was just ridiculous. I was so tired. I was ridiculously angry with the world, with everyone. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, it was just really, really hard. I mean, he never slept. He was on a 90-minute window pretty much all day, every day, for about the first six months of his life, day and night. Mm. So I was exhausted. And I remember really, really well, um, my partner had gone back to work. So we only get, you know, the, the, the men only get a couple of weeks off here. In the UK, um, and by sort of the six, I'm sure it was around the six weeks mark. So you know, this my baby was going 90 minutes 
of sleeping, waking, needing something to eat. It would then take me sometimes 45 minutes to get him back to sleep, which meant there was only 45 minutes before he was awake again because he wanted another fit. It was, a, it was an absolute moment. I was shattered. I was absolutely shattered. Um, and I remember my partner getting up and I was, I was in bed. The little guy was next to me. And he just said, bye, darling, I'll see you later. And I just lost it. I completely lost it. Just a blubbering mess. And he was like, what's the matter? What's the matter? And I was like, nothing. And I always said to him, there's nothing, just go. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, there's nothing you can do. Like, there, there wasn't. There was nothing he could do. There was no point in him staying home um, because he would have lost money. And at that point, we weren't in a financial position for him to do that. Um you know, the baby wasn't going to dramatically change in that day so that I could sleep the whole day. You know, just, there was just nothing. And I just, I'm saying, just go. Um, like, but literally, well, just go. You know, so I was an absolute wreck. Um, and, and bless him. And I remember I took my little boy downstairs and just, we sat on the sofa and I just cried for about two hours. <laughs> um, and then, which was interrupted by a knock at the door. Um, and I opened the door and he'd sent his dad to come and get us um I was just like okay Eric I'll come and like and just to, you know just for us to go to their place for the weekend so it was a Friday I'm guessing so that I could have some sleep you know and, and I actually don't remember that weekend I know that we went I do remember that and I remember walking through the front door um <clears throat> and I remember Simon's mum looking at me saying, oh, Sam, are you all right? And I just sort of handed the baby over. <laughs> and I actually don't remember hardly any of that weekend, but I know we spent a few days there so that I could catch up on some sleep. But God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of, the, this conversation takes me back right there. Yeah. I remember we were in Australia. We decided to go on a, God, I, I don't know, like what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine I think we also think like you know we're still super women and we are like we totally are we yeah. are still it but just like, it transforms into something slightly different That's knowing what, what I know now really yeah 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 I uh, just like when so what happened was is um my ex-partner and I decided that we were going to go to Australia when Leo was five weeks old okay so oh my good lord so at the time um I'd had, at the end, I had a C-section, so I was still recovering right. from that. Yeah. But I didn't realize how long it was going to take. And so I am yeah. the superwoman. And so basically because of this Wonder Woman type of go get them kind of attitude in life, I was just like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I just want to get the hell out of Bali because we're in Bali at the time. It was way too hot. Mm. I just needed some fresh air. So I was yeah. really looking forward to that. So anyway, we got to Australia and I was I remember this one evening <laughs> so I decided to go and eat some curry <laughs> and Leo because I was still breastfeeding was just crying and crying all night and I was I just couldn't take it anymore so in the end one of the guys because we were at a, a seminar at the time my ex was helping out and one of the guys there said look why don't you come back to mine you need to sleep and so mm-hmm. That's exactly what I did. I went over to his wife's house because she basically was helping first-time mums um, to get their sort of centre back. Mm. And I just slept. I gave her the baby mm. and I just said, only wake me up if he needs a feed and don't wake me up at any other time because yeah. I can't. Like, right now, I just can't. So I just slept all weekend. Yeah. And the difference that that made was just extraordinary. And I... yeah. Yeah, right, because that's really what we want. And I realised something. It is a huge change and it, and it is a huge release once you've had some sleep. But I had this extortionate amount of guilt around doing that as well. So I had the, I had the kind of the positive and the negative of it of, well, I just, I just you know, I've caught up in some sleep and I, and I think the reason I don't remember is probably because I spent probably a couple of days in bed sleep. Um, but then once I'd come to my, you know, I'd caught up with some sleep and I was a little bit more coherent. Um, I was like, I've just handed my six week old baby over to my 
to his granddad. And I just felt this astronomical amount of guilt. And what I see, what didn't help at the time I had a Facebook group of mummies. I was first time mum, you know, I, I didn't know. And the thing is, everybody around me, because I was a lot older, so all of my friends, all my sort of school friends and the people that you would grow up with, they've all had their children. They had them years ago. Like they were teenagers by now, you know. Um, so I didn't really have anybody that I could talk to. So I found this really supportive group um, on Facebook and they were lovely. And I still talk to some of them to this day, which is great. But there was people in there like, oh, I just know where I could leave my baby. And I was like, oh, my God. I was just turned into a blivering wreck. <laughs> so I felt good and I had some sleep. But I felt awfully, like, really, really guilty that I'd just done that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I can totally hear that. And, 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 and it's not only you. It's not a story that I haven't no. heard before. And I certainly went through that too. And, and you know what I realized? I realized that um, if we realized that the guilt wasn't letting us know about handing our babies over, the guilt isn't letting us know about anything of that. It's just letting us know about the state of mind we're in at the moment. I think a mm. lot of moms would realize that it's okay to do what's right by you. There's a, there's a section in my book that I've just dedicated to self-care without the guilt, because actually mm. what I've realized is that it's a, you know, it's the oxygen mask analogy where how, mm. how can things work if you're not like, I'm not saying you're not okay, but just you need what you need and your yeah. child needs you. So yeah surely you've got to look after you and that has to be the number one priority. But I don't know where in our consciousness, maybe it is, uh, I don't know where we decided where we uphold this belief that somehow we have to sacrifice our well-being for that of our child and that somehow is seen as not okay. Mm. I know, it's... I, so I don't know whether it's the hormones, you know, because you do, you are a walking bag of, you know, of hormones afterwards. And, and obviously, if you, if you nurse yourself as well, that brings in a different kind of batch of hormones. So I don't know where it is. And I, mean, I don't feel guilty about that now. And my sister has very recently had a baby. It's her second, but she's got 14 years between hers, mm. you know, her two children. So for her, it does very much feel like sort of a first time effect do you know what I mean that she's forgotten a lot yeah um and and I've said to her repetitively um her little one now is uh three months and I said to her do you just need to come here to sleep like just come like you know and oh no no it's fine it's so fine I'm not and I, you know I said to her don't don't think that you can't ask for that because ultimately she needs you to be as on point as you can be and yes certainly the instincts that are ingrained in us I think and I feel help to keep our behavior safe around our children but nonetheless we still need to be awake (laughs) you know we need to have as much sleep as we can achieve um and still look after our kids um and I said that to her as before as well that she'd had that. And I said, anytime you need to come here, just, you know, because we've got things here from the Mason of Little. So, um, you know, just come, it's fine. Like, you now know that I've just raised a child, so you have no issues with leaving your little one with me. And she's like, oh, no, it's totally different. And it, it, she had seven couple of occasions. She's like, I, I now, like, realise what you went through. And she admitted, and she didn't tell me at the time, and she admitted that she didn't understand why I was so upset and I was so angry when I had my little one. But she has now said, I, I now completely understand what you went through. And I was like, yep. Because somehow it's a taboo, right? It's a taboo to think, mm. okay, um, this should be the most happiest moment of our life. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow there is this consciousness as well, which mm-hmm. is very much around... Um, well, you're so lucky. I'm so lucky that I now have this amazing human being in my life. And why the fuck don't I feel that way? And so then we beat ourselves up about not feeling that way. And there's something wrong with us because it looks to us that somehow we should be feeling great. We should be feeling grateful. We should be feeling all the things that we don't feel 
And so then we judge ourselves and go, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Um, and it just adds on. <laughs> I think there's, there's lots of social pressure, isn't there? There's, yeah. there's so much. I mean, it's not too bad now. I, I still think it heavily out, outweighs the, the women that are actually going, do you know what? I actually really don't like motherhood. And I'm, I'm one of those women. And I, I will say that to anybody that, that wants to question me about it. I don't like it. I love him to pieces. I would give my last breath for that boy and anything that he asked me for. But the the shit around motherhood, I cannot stand that. I cannot stand the taboos. I don't like the restrictions it places on me, although I've learned very, to work with them very, very well. Um, you know, I, I remember, and I don't think I've ever told anybody this, so this is going to be good, good juice for you. But <laughs> I remember one night... Um, I remember one night, I think, I think we, it was one of the first weekends that we'd sent the little guy to his grandparents so that we could be at home and just have some time to ourselves. And it literally was just like a couple of glasses of wine and uh, sleep. Um, And I remember having a couple of glasses, being a little bit tipsy from it, because obviously I hadn't had any wine for months because I was, I was nursing. So I'd express loads to send it over to, you know, to nanny and granddads. And I was like, right, I've got a couple of days. I can have a drink, you know, express that out tomorrow. And then I'm good for the next day so I can feed again. Um, and I remember actually opening, and I still have it now, opening um, an email address. And the reason I had to do the email address is because I was going to write a blog. I thought, I've got to write this down. I've got to start getting this stuff out because it's just, it's just doing my head in. And it's called, wait for it, it's really good. It's called Motherhood Really Sucks. So I actually have the email address and the domain of Motherhood Really Sucks, um, which I find hilarious because it's still on my phone now because somehow it's managed to attach itself to my long-standing hotmail address, which is donkeys, you know, donkeys and donkeys. Oh, but I can't, I can't detach it. So I find it utterly hilarious that I've made this, this email address up on one drunken night where I was just so pissed off at the world. Um, and I was, I was going to, you know, I was going to put the world to rights and write my blog and I never wrote anything. Um, but I still actually have this email address, which I find hilarious. You know, what's so funny is I was just kind of, as we were talking, I was thinking, what would I call this podcast? And Motherhood Sucks came to mind. <laughs> Honestly, it's so hilarious. And I see it every day because it literally has attached itself. And I have tried everything to separate them, but I can't. I, and I don't, know how, I don't know how it's done it, but it's just one of those really quirky things that I I do remember doing. And I, I remember being quite tipsy because I, I, you know, I haven't had a lot to drink. And I was just like angry and I need, you know, and I just felt I need to get this out. I need to share this. I need to help other women know that it's okay to not like this stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, I never wrote anything, but it's, it's just one of those funny, quirky little memories um, that I have, you know. From I love um, that because what that suggests then is that we can just get rid of that shame. There's, I think yeah. that there's this underlying shame of not liking motherhood. And in actual yeah. fact, it's fucking difficult at times. It's really hard. Like it, it's, it's really hard to me, like to no end. <laughs> it is honestly, it's just the hardest, hardest thing I've ever done. And I've done lots in my life. You know, I've done lots and lots and lots in my life. Um, far more than a lot of people that I know. But this outweighs <laughs> so will you be having another one anytime soon I, 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 do you know what I knew you didn't ask me that and I was going to say to you and the funny thing is I was having a conversation with my partner last night we were doing we were wrapping Christmas presents last night um, and we mm. he had a beer I'd had a glass of wine just to finish off the bottle that I'd had for the weekend um, and and I and we said like we don't know how people have more than one like genuinely like how the hell do you have more than one child? Like we just cannot comprehend how you would do that. Why you didn't want to. <laughs> well, you know, it's so interesting, right? Because 
The answer is no. Yeah. What I've got, what I've got to see is that somehow that's been really helpful for me is that somehow there are areas in our lives that we see really clearly. Like I imagine, Sam, you in terms of Instagram, your level of clarity there is just shit hot. So, you know, you know everything about Instagram, you know what to do, how to do it, how to get the results for your clients. And like, I don't see that area very clearly unless my understanding increases. So unless my, because you and I have had a conversation about that. And now my level of understanding of Instagram is so much better because I actually understand how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, motherhood, I don't have, I'm, I have a lot more clarity than I used to in this area mm. because when I first became a mum, I didn't have much clarity. I'd never really been around children. I'd, I'd taught skiing to kids before, but I could then always give them back. And it was a momentary thing, but I'd never really been around kids. I'd never really kind of made myself available to children like you. And so it was literally starting with a blank slate, which on, 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 on some level is really cool because you've got no expectations. Right. Mm-hmm. But on another level, it's like all these shit that I have never dealt with Mm. comes out so this 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 anger piece this impatience piece this these pieces aspects of me that I actually really didn't know existed Mm. behaviors that I didn't even know I had so things that I've done or things that I've said to my son I was like where the fuck did that come from and Mm. over time this area of motherhood has become a little bit more clear to me as I've kind of started to see, have insights about it myself. And so I'm curious about that for you, because obviously the areas that we find difficult are the areas that we may not see it very clearly. However, having said that, my, what I'm really hearing and what you're saying is, is the way that you felt then is no longer really there for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes, motherhood is difficult, yet... I can still love my child and that's okay. Yeah. And I'm curious as to what shifted for you because obviously anyone that's listening in and it's going like, Oh my God, it is so fucking hard. I haven't slept for days. Mm. Can someone help me please. Mm. And it's hearing, Oh God, that's me too. You know, what are you seeing now that you didn't see before? That's been really helpful for you. Um, I think the one thing that has very much helped me to make the transition and, and get to a point now where I do in, do genuinely enjoy spending time with my son, whereas I didn't before. You know, I, I don't like the, the small baby stage. Is a boundaries, creating boundaries and organisation. Now I know that those words very easy to put into business very easy but when it comes to motherhood they're actually incredibly hard um but you have to get really comfortable with them and learn that they are in for me in business and certainly in the 35 years prior they were non-movable they did not budge like organization that's how it's going to work there isn't any gray area that's going to come in but what i had to learn was i had to learn how to separate myself and and stand in that truth of I can still be Sam. I don't have to be mum all the time. Like I can still be me um, and motherhood. So from a work perspective, um, I learned very quickly that I couldn't do both on the same day and I still can't. I still really struggle with it. So I can't be mum and Sam on the same day. I have to separate them. And that took me a little while to figure that bit out. Um, and, and as I said to you when we spoke, it was a case of finances weren't great. We couldn't afford childcare. So I had to leverage a little bit of time that my sister would take my boy for me to work and start building up earnings because I had to separate the time. I could not work and look after my son on the same day. So I had to separate them. And it was a case of being relatively organized around that and scaling my business accordingly so that the more I earned, the more care, childcare I could pay for. And it just, you know, one day turned into two days, two days turned into three days, three days turned into four days. And I actually, we've we've been at four days, he goes into some sort of either nursery or or care with my sister. 
Um, I could do five days, but I choose not to. I choose now to have a day where me and my son, we go play in the garden, we go do shopping, you know, we do whatever it is. But I had to learn how to divide Sam and mum. But my boundary around that was that's okay. And I don't care what society says. I don't care what some of my other mummy friends say um, because that's my boundary and I had to get really cool with that. So that's how it's very different now. I understand my limits, my boundaries, um, and I'm really, really okay with today I'm Sam. Later on I'll be mummy, but today I'm Sam. Or I'm just just mummy, you know. So that's how I learned how to do it. But you do almost have to remove yourself from society a little bit and look within what's okay for you like what yeah I was gonna say that yeah what works for you right because you've got to make it work for you because what works for some other mums trust me I tried tried what works for some other mums did not work for me I had to find my own way of satisfying my mommy brain and my sound brain. Like I had to find a way to, to make them cross over. And for me, I almost had to sort of systemize it because that's what I've been doing for years, right? Um, and they bend and they move. And, and the other thing is you have to be, you have to learn how to um, allow bending <laughs> and gray areas to come into it. And you all there are sick moments, of, right? There are moments there where... Sick, yeah, because you could, you could schedule, you, know, you could build something up and you've got something launching... And you could be really rigid about it and you've got this done and this done and it's all ready to go. And all you have to do in your business to launch that product or to launch that campaign or whatever is you've just got to turn up on that one day and do a live and then it kicks everything else off and everything. But if on that one day your child is sick, it goes to shit. (laughs) And it used to drive me insane. It used to drive me insane. But you get used to it. And... If anything, it makes your business a little bit better because you have to learn how to be movable and change things. And so it's it has helped me to scale my business in that sense because now I can kind of pick things up and drop them and pick them back up again and uh, without too much effort, without too much stress or chaos because um, it's something I've had to learn how to do. So... Yeah, the sickness thing's not cool. <laughs> but, you know, if he needs mummy, he needs mommy. my My little boy is a complete mummy's boy. So even if daddy was, was at home and he's sick, he wants no one but me. Like, no one but me. He'll be nestled right in, you know, cuddles, mummy. That's it. That's, that's, that's him down for the day or two days or whatever. Yeah, I think I think there's something to be said for space and mm-hmm. and allowing those moments. You know, I remember just recently actually. Um, so we're obviously, you know, heading into well, we're already in winter, and Leo um, up until last the beginning of this year actually would get really really sick with his chest and he wouldn't be able to breathe. We'd have to take him to an E. And it was this thing that we were on Um, and it would happen pretty much every, sometimes it would happen every, you'd get over it and then maybe two weeks later he'd be sick again. And um, I was just kind of committed to finishing my book and getting it done. And um, he got sick and then I got ill. So actually what happened was, is like two, I think it was about three weeks of that time was spent in bed. Um, Yeah. Because that's done. the thing as well, isn't it? It's, they get sick and then 10 to 1, you'll get sick. Yeah. So, you know, just as they get well, and, and I certainly went through, and I don't know if you did, but I certainly went through that cycle when he first started nursery and everybody warned me he's going to get sick. And, you know, I, I'm a natural health practitioner. I have been for 10 years. That's what I have done in my previous career. But I get the immune, genuinely get the immune system and, and I view sickness as something that's good. Like, obviously, not to the point where they're really, really ill, but it's a good thing it's building his immune system it's fine but we got into that momentum of he'd get sick and it would take him a week to get over it Mm. and then I'd get sick 
So there was two weeks. And then by the time I got better, he'd get sick again. <laughs> so there was this, like this fortnightly thing that, ca- and it carried on for months. And it was just torturous. It was absolutely torturous because he'd get sick, I'd get him better, then I'd get sick. You know, and we might be lucky that there'd be maybe a, a week gap. So he'd get sick, we'd have a week of being okay. Then I'd get sick and then he'd get sick in the week. That I, and it was honestly, it was just, just chaos. He's better now. Obviously, he's older. Um, and we did lots of things to support his immune system here. But, oh, my goodness, it was just relentless. Yeah. And I, I, I remember thinking to myself, is it actually worth me sending him to nursery? Because I'm, I'm paying for the full month. You know, <laughs> the days that he came in. But he's only actually there for half the time because he's always sick. It was, honestly, it was just a nightmare. Yeah. And I think that's, um, gosh. <clears throat> so what's been helpful for you? Like if someone were to, if a mummy were to come to you, she's talking about how difficult it is. What's been really, what are some of the insights that you've had that have been super helpful that would be, I mean, aside from the boundaries, of course, um, and what works for you, like my feeling, <clears throat> like what you said, going back to going back to your inner self and listening mm. to that. Um, yeah. That's, that's the bit that I heard. So I'm curious, you know, is there anything else that you can elaborate on that? And is there anything else that, you know, you've seen that's been super helpful um, when it comes to being able to juggle motherhood and business Mm. not more than what we've already spoken about I guess um it does take a certain amount of bravery I think to look at what's presented to you from today's society when it comes to motherhood and all of that kind of stuff um and say do you know what I'm not doing that I'm going to do it this way because this way works for me. Mm. Um, but it does take you a some time to, to muster mm. up that energy to, to be able to you know step out into that place. But also, it takes bravery in the sense of some of the choices that you make might make you feel guilty. In that sense, there's a lot of mum guilt, and you have to learn that. Do you know what mum guilt's okay? I think it just keeps you in touch a little bit. It just kind of taps you on the shoulder and says, are we good with this? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're good. Do you know what I mean? It just keeps you in check for me. Um, and it's not something that you should ever not want to feel. I would never not want to feel the guilt. And I think for me, with my mindset, given everything that I've done, if I felt if that was removed, I might cross the line between being a supportive mum or just not giving a shit and just doing whatever the hell I wanted. Does that make sense? As sure. harsh as that might sound, um, I kind of like the mum guilt to go, you're right, you, you, you really need to do that extra hour in the office or we want to go play with your son for an hour before he, go bed, uh, before he goes to bed. You know what I mean? So for me, it kind of keeps me in check. But it does take a while for you to get all right with that. Like for you to go, mm, yeah, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to close the laptop and I'm just going to go play with him for an hour before his bedtime. And that's cool. And that's fine. Um, but it takes time. You've just got to get cool with yourself. And I think it takes guts. It takes a certain amount of bravery to do that. Um, and time, time will be your friend. And, and do you know what? That was one of the things, and I've just made that cardinal thing. I used to get so annoyed with people that would say to me, oh, it'll change when they're six months, but it'll change when they're... And it never did. It never did. And so many people would say to me, just give it time. And I would get so angry. I'd be like, but I've given it time. I have given it time and it's still not working. It's still not... So I've just done that thing, haven't I? I've just done that thing time. But it is time. Like, it is time for you to... Because there's an adaption period, right? Yeah, the whole phase of you just transforming and becoming this different person. And you are different. You see things differently. I have so much more empathy in my business towards other people than I have ever had. Um, I certainly, I've always been 
um, I've always been supportive of those that I've worked with that have had children. You know, I've never frowned upon that if they had children and obviously I didn't. But I totally appreciate it more now when someone drops me a message because we're due to talk or something like that and they're like, the kid's just broken up. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, just rebook it when you need to rebook it. I'd have probably got a little bit angry about that before, you know. Um, so I've just become a lot more aware and just uh more empathic with the people that are around me um because you're like like we were saying before you understand more right you have more knowledge now than you did before so you can totally hear it when a mum says to you oh my god this is so hard like and you really can get into that tone and her vibration and her voice and you're like yes it is hard like do you want a cup of tea a hot one because we never get a hot one <laughs> we leave it mostly in the kitchen and go oh shit yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But i don't know if that helps and i know it's kind of a little bit wafty but it yeah it is just time and some structure but structure that works for you and not anybody else right yeah so what works because obviously you know there might be mums listening in that um have more than one more than one child or yeah um, their circumstances are slightly different they also see the world in a slightly different way absolutely Um, i think yeah i think if if i was to have another child i think that that would open up all right yes i'd be pretty well versed in the juggling system that you have to get into but i think that would bring a completely different kind of worms that i i'm not aware of now I you know I I wouldn't know how to do it yeah but the beauty is is that we all have this capacity for insight we all have this capacity um Mm. for um seeing something different that we didn't see before so of course when we go into this motherhood thing it's like a whole yeah like a whole other universe that didn't exist the day before you had your child so it literally is that right it's it's literally we focus so much on birth yeah you, you, you walk through the, but even the birth, like you know, you're built up, aren't you, with your midwives, and you're going to do this and you do it. It never works out like that. <laughs> here's the plan, and here's what really happens. Here's the plan. You might as well throw it out the window, and it's you know, it's just happening the way that you want it to. Um, so it's just it, it. It is. It is more. Like I, I've seen going with the flow is is an attitude to motherhood that really works for me because you just never know and your plans change from moment to moment you know the kid's sick or the school closes down because it's really bad weather or um you know your sitter's sick which is the other one your sitter's sick yeah you can't find anybody to look after your child and so you have to kind of have create some sort of you know Creative, cre- my creativity has expanded massively around this. But um, yeah. so the kind of the question I'd love to ask all my guests is, is what are you doing more of these days to, um, yeah, that you weren't giving yourself the opportunity to before? Like, what are you giving yourself more of these days that you weren't before? As in with motherhood in tow, I don't know, like it could be for me, for example, it's been, I give myself time, more time to, more time and space during the day. So I used to pack everything in. So I'd have one Mm -hmm. meeting after the other, after the other. And now these days I'm like, actually, that makes no sense to me anymore. So I'm, I've given myself the chance to actually have more space during the Mm -hmm. day to breathe. Yeah. I've probably the one thing that probably spins comes to mind is I've given myself a lot more slack to just make a mistake. Um, you know, I have a, a pretty big corporate career where, and I work with numbers, people's money, so I couldn't make a mistake. So, you li- like, literally, you cannot make a mistake with that. Um, so, I spent a really long time in that mindset of you can't make a mistake you know perfection is the way that you know things have to run so um that's probably the one thing that has changed in that I can make a mistake if I want to and it's fine it's all fixable um so just a lot more slack around being less rigid Mm. in my day-to-day uh life and it, it is okay 
to move things in the diary if you need to. Like it used to drive me nuts. But now if I need to move something because I know that the little guy's coming down with something or like the, the nursery's dropped us a message so the heating's broken, the kids can't come in, like I now give myself the room to go, okay, let's just move that because it's going to be easier. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. Not such a big deal. You don't have so much on it. Not such a big deal. Yeah. And that's probably the one thing that has had to change. And honestly, I'm actually quite grateful for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So am I actually. So, um, Sam, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, I'm really glad that we got to have it. So if someone wants to get in touch with you, obviously you're all about Insta um, and how to grow people's Instagram accounts and so forth and so on. I know that what you do really works because I've obviously had the one-to-one with you, but um, yeah. So if they want to reach out, how can they? Oh, you can, I mean, if you just type in Sam Barefoot in Google and my last name is B-E-A-R-F-W-T, you will find me, um, whether that's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the website, whatever, you you will find me. So um, I'm not that hard to find. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And you know, what I'm going to leave with here today is the sense of like, motherhood is hard, but I still love my child like crazy. Like I love that Mm -hmm. distinction, like the role that we play can sometimes be really difficult, but it doesn't mean that we don't care for our children any less. Love it. So, um, yeah, I hope everybody that was listening in really enjoyed today's episode and until the next time, bye-bye for now. There you have it. Another wonderful episode of The Joy of Being. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? And if you're curious as to how you can experience more joy in your life and feel carefree, then I invite you to download your Joy Catalyst Scorecard at www.marinapearson.com slash scorecard, which will help you identify the joy gaps and what you can do to fill them. And remember, you can find me on Instagram at Marina Pearson or my Facebook group, The Joy of Being. So until next week's episode, remember, you are the joy you seek. <laughs>